You're listening to Storytime for Travellers, where adventurers share their craziest travel moments. Welcome back to the second episode of Storytime for Travellers. My guest on this episode is the lovely Margarita Samsonova. Marga is a travel influencer with over 105,000 followers on Instagram, and I can see why. Not only are her photos amazing, but so is the message behind them. Marga uses her platform to promote sustainable travel and encourages her audience to respect the environment while they're on the road. Since I met her over a year ago, I've been following her travels, and I can tell you now that it's one of my absolute favourite Instagram accounts. She writes pretty long descriptions under her images, like a blog, kind of telling the story behind them. And you guys know how much I love stories. They're also normally pretty relatable and she has a great sense of humour. Marga was born in Latvia and didn't actually leave her country until she turned 17 and went on an exchange programme to Spain. After finishing school, she moved to Amsterdam to work But the experience that really gave her the travel bug was when she started working on a cruise ship in Alaska. She then came back to the UK to study zoology at university, while travelling on the side, of course. And since then, she hasn't stopped. She's now visited more than 60 countries. In our conversation, we chat about volunteering abroad, sustainable travel and her encounter with an angry sloth and of course there's loads more enjoy so hi margaret thank you so much for coming on the podcast hi thank you so much for inviting i'm super excited to be here and share some good stories yeah so you've traveled all over the world so what do you think your favorite place you've traveled to is So this is like the question that I get the most and it is really, really hard to answer. Um, Yeah, because literally I don't really have a favorite place. Usually um, it is the place that I recently came back from because my memories are still fresh. So right now I would say that my favorite place on earth is uh, Cape Town in South Africa because this is my latest trip um, and I spent there three months and I think it's like a really good time to get a feeling of the city um, and just have a feeling how you um, feel living in there. So I would for sure say that South Africa right now is my number one destination. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And what were you doing in South Africa for three months? So um, every single year I try to go to a new place to volunteer um, with the animals. So I work in different animal shelters or uh, rescue centers or just like any animal conservation um, places. So this time in South Africa, I was volunteering at the penguin rescue and I was um, pretty much saving penguins um, and also trying to raise awareness on plastic pollution in our oceans. And I spent two months volunteering in the center and then another month just exploring uh, the city, surroundings and just, yeah, seeing all the beautiful places that Cape Town has to offer. And literally it is absolutely amazing, all the places there. Wow, that sounds incredible. So volunteering while you travel is obviously a massive industry and loads of people want to do it and give back a little bit. What do you think the best ways 
are to go about doing travel volunteering? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I get asked a lot about volunteering. And um, I think from my experience, I know quite a lot about it because um, I spent pretty much the last six years doing that. So I visited six different countries and six different places where I volunteered. Um, and I would say that I would only recommend four out of them because with every single year and every single place, um, I obviously learn more about this industry. Um, and I would say that not always volunteering is beneficial for um, the place that you're visiting or for the area. Sometimes it is literally a money-making industry that is just trying to get money out of people who are trying to help, but not necessarily they want to spend a lot of time helping. They just kind of just trying to feed their ego a little bit, um, take some cute pictures with animals or just, uh, yeah, kind of like show off on social media that they've done something. So um, I would say the best thing to do before um, you go anywhere to volunteer would be to ask yourself a question. Are you actually willing to work hard for it? If not, maybe this is not something you should do. Maybe you should just join a project for a few days um, and that's about it. But if you are willing to work hard and dedicate your time, then the next step would be to research. So first, I would suggest to uh, pick the country. Yes, this sounds a little bit selfish, but first pick the country that you want to go. And then just see um, what is your passion? What kind of topic attracts you the most? Um, is that helping the communities or helping animals or, I don't know, like tackling plastic problems and things like that. So then estimate what is your topic that you're trying to raise awareness or trying to help. Um, and then... Uh, from this, research the country and the topic together um, and just Google for it and find different places that offer um, volunteering uh, with this topic in those countries. And usually what you would find on first few pages would be the um, third parties, like the agencies that are trying to um, connect volunteers with the organization. And for that, they would uh, sometimes uh, take a... Um, uh, quite a big cut, like 20 or 30%. So I would suggest look at this website, see what kind of projects they offer, and then Google for them separately to kind of find the organization yourself and then just get in touch with them directly to avoid overpaying. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, just get in touch directly with the organization. Yeah, so you use your Instagram to promote like sustainable travel and being respectful of animals while you're traveling. Was there a particular moment that made you think, like while you were traveling, that made you think, I need to really do something about this and I need to use my platform on Instagram to make a difference? So um, how I really got into animals was actually one of my favorite stories ever. <laughs> um, I started working on a cruise ship about seven years ago. And um, uh, back then, I didn't really know anything about traveling. I didn't really know anything about the world, like literally nothing. I just graduated from school and I was young. I was like 18 years old, just wanted to explore. And I was on the cruise ship and I, I was sent to Alaska, literally the furthest away you can ever go from Latvia. And like all my parents, they were freaking out. They thought that I'm never going to come back. And literally my grandma, before I left, she, she literally told me bye-bye forever. She thought I'm never going to come back. So I started working there and um, 
one of my perks as a staff on a cruise ship, we could um, use any any tours that um, all the cruisers can uh, yeah can use. So they have to pay a lot of money for it. And we as a staff, we could go there for free if there was like an open spot. So I was going um, for a whale watching and um, I, f- um, I found those people who were who were uh, doing those tours, uh, whale watching. And uh, I went for once, for one time, I went second time, and I really fell in love with the lifestyle. Like I saw them just living on this boat. They were like, the whole life of theirs was traveling uh, from Alaska to Galapagos, back and forth, and just following whales and tracking their behavior, uh, studying their um, habitat and vocalizations. And I was like, wow, like this is something completely different. And like growing up in Latvia, I never heard about like people doing those things. And it was so inspiring for me. Um, and this is when I thought that I would love to be connected to this. I would love my life to be related to animals and do something that is not about like making money, is about helping and fighting for animals and their rights. So after that, I went to study zoology. But um, after I, I graduated university, I didn't really see the way for me to get into this career. Like I didn't want to work um, in the zoo. I didn't want to work in the office and I like, couldn't find the way for me to apply my skills. But at the same time, like don't do the jobs that I didn't want to. And um, I was into social media and I was like um, sharing pictures about my work on a cruise and just travels because like I was super into traveling um, and I gained quite a number of followers back then. And then I just kind of realized that like right now in our year, in our age, people are traveling and traveling is quite easy and it's more affordable than ever before. So you don't really have to Um, have more people who would inspire others to travel because like you see it on TV, you see it on social media, you see it on every single banner anywhere you go. So I thought that like you would still need people who would inspire others to be better when they actually travel. And I thought that can be me. I can I can still inspire people to travel, but be actually be better when they do when they do it. So I started to speak about things like, why it is important to uh, participate in ethical animal encounters. So like things like not riding elephants when you go abroad, like to Asia, Um, uh, why you should not um, go to places where you can swim with dolphins in like aquariums and things like that. Um, And yeah, from this, um, I started to speak about a more sustainable traveling, um, like bringing your reusables when you travel, kind of like to try to eliminate your plastic and things like that. So yeah, and now I would say 80% of what I share in social media is related to sustainability in your life and traveling um, and also about animals. Yeah, I think that's so true what you say about people having all the inspiration they need and being able to use your following to actually make a change and promote something good and about people traveling better. Um, So obviously you've had loads of experiences with animals. Have you had any funny encounters with an animal or close calls with, I don't know, like tigers or (laughs) anything crazy that's happened? Oh my God, like literally every (laughs) single day something crazy is happening. I... 
Um, I have few scars, okay? <laughs> so um, I had a scar. Now it's unfortunately gone. I wish it stayed oh, forever. Like cool so, yeah. <laughs> so I can show off. Um, my first ever trip that I did was volunteering in the safari park, and we had juvenile leopard cups and um, we were giving them a training so for them to like climb trees and run fast um, yeah we were kind of like uh, luring them with like a big pile of hay and then they were like literally like big cats they were like sneaking onto and then running and I was sitting like literally in the pile of hay and I was shaking it and then this leopard just like attacked um, the pile of hay and then at the same time scratched me on my stomach and I, and I had like an opening in my stomach that oh healed really really badly um, but now unfortunately it's gone and then another scar I have is still here you can see <laughs> it wow. is from a sloth a sloth uh, yes a sloth yes wow that's a cool so scar. a project that I did um, when was that? Three years ago in Costa Rica, I was working in the like a jungle animal rescue, and we had all different kinds of animals coming in with different uh, problems. But the biggest one was um, uh, electrocution. So sloth, they would grab onto like electric wires, and then they would get electrocuted, and they would fall on the ground, and sometimes they would die. But if people see them, uh, they would bring a, them to us, and then we would try to make them recover. So this sloth was electrocuted, but it was in so much shock that it was like super duper angry. And you would think that sloth are super slow, and they move like what we see in the movies, like super slow, like they're dying. No, they're actually trying to conserve all this energy for the moments that they're stressed or when they see predators so when they're stressed they're super fast so it was taking five of us to just hold one sloth so I was holding one limb with my two hands and still like she tried she managed to escape and she's like he literally he poked my palm through with oh her claw and they've got really long claws yes they? like this like yeah. super sharp yeah so that was a fun experience <laughs> <laughs> that sounds painful <laughs> yeah for sure oh, like, like i could literally see it going through my palm but then i couldn't let go because if i let go then it would probably hurt someone else so i was just like holding it inside uh, like, what, what should i do <laughs> what's going on yeah so that was like the travel injury well kind of cool travel injury yeah. experiences <laughs> have you had you've done a lot of traveling by yourself as a female traveler have yeah. you had any scary travel experiences I am really, really lucky with that. I never had anything bad happen to me, like literally knock on wood. Um, even though I I was couch surfing, I I used to take like uh, uh, buses, like going from one country to another, all by myself um, in Africa as well. There was one time I took a, like a twelve-hour bus going from one side of Kenya to another, and I was the only white person in the bus, uh, and pretty much one of the only females in the bus as well. And uh, I think at that point, I was probably more brave than I am right now. I think I can still do it, but probably right now, I would think about it more. <laughs> and back then, I literally, I was like, yeah, 12-hour bus in the country i never been before. Sounds great. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, yeah, so super lucky I never had any bad experiences, but obviously 
you always have to be cautious about everything you do. Um, don't walk around at night. Um, better always be with a friend. I try to stay connected even even if I travel alone. I always try to stay connected uh, to other people, other travelers, also through my Instagram. Usually when I travel somewhere alone, um, I kind of like... Um, tell it in my stories like hey I'm going here if anyone is around you want to join me and things like that so a lot of people get in touch and um, I meet up with quite a few people and uh, I think Instagram is a really cool platform for meeting up and I literally never had any like creepy people who with who I met through Instagram because I I can I literally, I think like your Instagram page is your sort of like a CV. You open the page and you can tell what kind of person is in front of you. Like what kind of pictures this person is posting, what kind of stories this person is telling. So you can kind of have a feeling if this person going to be like, all right, in the real life, is this person is someone I want to hang out with. So yeah, usually all the people with who I met were like super fun and we always had a great time together. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the kind of Instagram travel lifestyle and how Instagram has changed the way people travel. Um, do you think that's like ch changed your travel experience? Do you think you would travel differently if you didn't have the big following on Instagram? Um, I mean, right now it changed for sure. Um, because like a few years ago, I was always traveling alone and that was my like my preference because um, I was more free in that, in that sense. I didn't have to agree, um, like ask other people, what do you want to do today? You just go and do whatever you want to do. But right now, mostly I travel for work for like different assignments. So I don't travel solo anymore because I don't really have time for it. And uh, yeah, many times when I, I travel for pleasure, I go with my boyfriend. Um, and, um, yeah, right now, um, I use Instagram a lot for my inspiration. And then a few years ago, I didn't use it quite a lot because I didn't really know it that well. And right now, literally in every place I go, I would research it in the internet and on Instagram as well. So what I usually do, I follow different, like different repost pages of the country. So for example, you're trying to go to Colombia and then you would follow like a Colombian page that reposts all the beautiful places. And then you see, oh my God, this place looks amazing. And then you kind of like, you save the place and then you can also click on the location and see what are other people are posting because you know how Instagram works. Like you see this picture, perfect picture <laughs> and it's amazing and you never know if this is true or this is photoshop like how this place is gonna look in real life if the water is like edited if it's gonna be super busy so you can always click on location and you can always see what other like non-professional photographers are are getting in this place and uh, you can see how this place looked yesterday if it's still open and things like that so i always use instagram for this sense and also it really helps me to find um about different animal places that i visit so for example for different sanctuaries or for different like zoos and aquariums that i visit i always go on a location tag of this place and i see what kind of pictures people are posting so for example if i see pictures where people are touching animals or taking like selfies really close to them then i would say that i don't want to visit this place because 
if the place like that allows uh, people to touch animals, it means that it's not a good place. Um, and I would not suggest anyone to visit it. But if you don't really see those kind of pictures um, on their either page or location tag, then you would suggest that this place is taking good care of, of animals and they're doing good things for conservation. Yeah, and I think there's so many people who visit these places and they aren't actually aware of the bad things that are happening to the animals. Um, what are the main things that people need to watch out for when they go and visit animals in like Thailand or going to elephant sanctuaries? I know there's so many places that say they're a sanctuary in Thailand, but actually they're, they're still being cruel to the elephants. For sure. So like right now, with all the, um, yeah, like fake sanctuaries, I would say the first the first thing that I do is check um, TripAdvisor. And I always go for the bad reviews, like for the terrible one-star reviews. And I always, I always pay attention um, to reviews that mention either animal standards or animal welfare, like you would not pay attention to reviews like, oh, like staff were super rude or the toilet was dirty. Like we don't care about that. We we care about the reviews that mention animal welfare. Um, and then if there is something mentioning about this, then you would see if, um, if there is any response from the place. Um, if they're saying that I'm really sorry about your experience. We're definitely going to look into this. Uh, please tell me the name of your guide or the day when you visited. It means that they're taking this seriously and they would like to address this problem. They would like to improve it. If there's no re response from um, from a place, then you would suggest that they don't care, right? Um, and obviously, if there is like one or two bad reviews, then you would you don't really know. But if there are a lot of reviews, then obviously is like uh, um, food for thought. Maybe you should not visit a place. And then obviously take a look at the pictures that are posted on TripAdvisor, social media. Um, yeah, if there are any um, any pictures of um, elephant riding, um, taking pictures like literally face to face with an, uh, with an animal or touching or feeding, um, then I would say it's a no from me. Um, also check the website. Usually um, every single place would have like an inter international support from uh, either a big zoo or um, different welfare organizations or like born free foundations and things like that. So you would usually find it at the bottom of the page if they have any support. If they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, they're bad. But usually I will go for a place that have international accreditation, international support, um, because, yeah, they're, they're just more trusted. Yeah, definitely. Now, on the Storytime for Travelers podcast, we always ask everyone to tell us about a pinch me moment. So a pinch me moment is a moment in a trip, like a tiny moment when you just look around and think, wow, I can't believe I'm actually here and I'm seeing this. So what was a pinch me moment in one of your trips? Yeah, so uh, my my first ever pinch me moment was actually when I was working on a cruise ship in Alaska. Um, and I think it was my second week um, on the on the cruise ship. And I would say that my first two weeks was super duper hard. When I started working there, I didn't really know what I'm getting myself into. Um, I just thought, yeah, it's going to be fun, you know, like working in a different country, yeah, sign me up for it, you know? But I didn't really realize that I did not speak enough English for this job because I was surrounded by 
I would say like 99% of English-speaking people. And there was literally no one around me um, who was speaking my language or who was from the same country or background. So I didn't quite get a lot of friends and a lot of support. There was no internet on, on the on the ship and you had to pay for every single megabyte, megabyte. So I couldn't really be connected to my friends and family back home. So it was super hard for me. So the first two weeks I was literally, I was crying. I was laying around in my cabin, just thinking like, what I, am I doing here? Like how I'm gonna survive? And I had to be there for three months. Right. Um, and after two weeks, I was like, you know, if you can, uh, if you cannot change the situation, at least you have to enjoy it. So I went um, on a deck and I just was staring in the water and we were passing um, through all this like beautiful canyons and icebergs and the water was deep and blue. And it was the first time ever that I saw whales and dolphins just following our ship. And I couldn't believe my eyes like coming from Latvia, I never, I first of all, never saw an animal out in the wild because we don't really have any maybe occasionally hedgehog, <laughs> a stray dog, you know, maybe a deer if you get lucky, but nothing like nothing like whales and dolphins. So I couldn't believe my eyes. Like I was looking at that. I was like, no, that cannot be true, you know? And that was hundreds of them, like maybe 20 whales and maybe like hundreds of dolphins just like swimming after our ship. And like, there was nothing around, just icebergs and beautiful mountains with snow in it. And it was just beautiful. And I was like, wow. And I was complaining about it for the two weeks that like I'm here, like, and I cannot deal yeah, with it. It's funny how like a split second can change your whole exactly. like, perspective on an experience. Exactly. And I was like, wow, like I have to be grateful for this, for this opportunity, you know, because not a lot of Latvians can tell that they've been to, Lat uh, to uh, Alaska and not a lot of people can tell that they've been to Alaska because it's such a remote and such a beautiful place. So from that moment, I started to obviously appreciate this experience. Um, I started to go off the ship more to see different places. And uh, yeah, and this is how I fell in love with traveling. And this this what made me love nature, environment, um, and of course, our beautiful animals. And then I have the other pinch me moment that was not as great. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, pretty much uh, a year ago. Um, the first time when I saw all the ocean plastic um, on our beaches. And I don't remember where exactly that was. I think it was in Sri Lanka. Um, just, a, just a beautiful, very remote beach completely no one around um and like you know you can you can see that this is not like a touristy place like people don't really go there you, you don't see any tourists laying around so I was walking on the beach and I saw all this plastic and I couldn't believe because in my head it didn't make any sense like how can it be so much rubbish here if there are no people because I always thought that garbage ha like comes from people like it cannot just come from the ocean like from where like no one would go into the ocean and just dump their rubbish in there, you know? So for me, it was shocking to see all this, all the plastic and like, I couldn't understand where it's coming from. And obviously 
after that, I started to get more into plastic pollution and sustainability. So I learned that um, everything is connected. Whenever you throw all the trash away um, and it goes to landfills, then close to them, you can see, um, you can find rivers or water bodies, and then everything goes back to the ocean. So not necessarily you have to dump your trash in the ocean at some point, in your life, it's still going to end up there. So the first thing is that we have to think about how much um, trash we're producing. Yeah, and I think that's really true about the whole pinch me moment thing, that it can be something that's really amazing and, and you think, oh my gosh, this is beautiful, this is incredible, but it can also be something that you look and you're like, this is terrible, I can't believe this is actually happening, and it makes you, it kind of it reaffirms what you know in your mind and you just think, I need to do something about this. So they're two perfect examples. Um, I think that's all we've got time for, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've obviously got some incredible stories and we only touched on a few of them, but I'm sure there's you've got many more and there's many more to come. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I had an amazing time sharing all the stories and I'm so excited to hear more of the people joining in on this podcast as well. So thank you so much for inviting I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Marga. I certainly enjoyed sitting down and chatting to her. If you want to follow her adventures, you can find her on Instagram at s underscore Marga. She's also currently making some great videos about sustainability and animal conservation, which you can check out on her Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash margventure, which is M-A-R-G-V-E-N-T-U-R-E. To become part of our Storytime for Travellers family, you can follow us on Instagram for some behind the scenes content and more links to our amazing guests and their fantastic stories. This podcast has just launched, so we really need your help to get more people on board and listening to the show. If I could ask you guys to do one thing, that would be send this podcast to a friend and spread the word so that we can keep sharing stories. For me, this is what travel is all about. I'll speak to you again on the next episode.